Welcome back to just another fantasy football podcast. And today we're going to get away so much from rookie talk and talk about some of the veterans we think won and lost based on what happened in the rookie draft. Then we're also going to get to our trade of the week, which happened involving a lot of rookie draft picks. So we're still going to be hitting on these rookies just kind of indirectly. But before we get there, Aaron, tell us what news you want to talk about this week. All right, so the little bit of news that's not really relevant uh, is Brian Hill going to the Titans. I don't think that's much of a difference maker there. And then we had Carrion Johnson cut by the Lions, which was a little bit of a surprise. I figured he would stay on the team for depth at least. Um, but, but then the Eagles picked him up, which I thought was interesting, considering they drafted Gainwell late in the fifth, who was, who was supposed to be one of those like top five running backs going into the draft. And then they also picked up Carrion Johnson. So, so to me, that kind of signals that Maybe they don't really trust Sanders as much. I mean, it's a it's a free agent ad, and it's Kenny Gainwell in like the fifth round, but it's it's still better than nothing. What do you think about that? I don't think that Kenny Gainwell was really as hyped up as you think he was. I think that's a lot of like the fantasy community and twi- draft Twitter and stuff like that. Everything that I read from like actual NFL teams was that it was a three running back draft. And after that, anything can happen. And really, the consensus fourth running back was Michael Carter, who wasn't even the fourth running back taken. But he was kind of the guy everybody um, was thinking could be kind of a gadget player. I don't think Kenny Gainwell was like that big of a prospect. I think he's fine. Um, I think it's interesting what the the Eagles did because they kept Boston Scott, right? Yeah. I think. They have Kenny Gainwell now. They take on Johnson. So all these guys are on the roster, usable type guys. None of them are absolutely terrible. None of them are Brian Hill. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and I think Sanders is awesome. I really like him. He plummeted in my rankings, though, because they're going to be a team, I think, that uses multiple running backs. Um, I think he could still easily emerge as a 15-20 touch guy if he's as awesome as I think he is. But I think it's just a harder road, and I think he'll have a shorter leash, and I think that these carries are going to get split. So, yeah, it does scare me a little bit off Miles Sanders. I don't think it's – I mean, carry-on's not touchable. None of the other running backs are touchable in this backfield, in my opinion. But it does scare me a little bit on Sanders more than – I mean, I was holding strong even after the Gainwell pick and whatever because I didn't think they really did much, and I really like him. But it's kind of weird. I mean, new coaching staff. You never know what to think. And the offense, I think, could actually be pretty bad this year, which is never fun for a running back, but I don't know. Yeah, it's not that we think carry on or Gainwell's going to come in and eat Sanders' lunch. No. It's just that it's it's concerning enough that the coaching staff thought, hey, you know what we need? We need two more running backs to add to the room. And then the last piece of news that's been going on for a while, like since before the draft or, or right around when the draft started, was just Aaron Rodgers not being in Green Bay next year, potentially. So, um a lot of the rumors lately have been Denver and the Raiders, um, but mainly Denver. So, like, what what is what would a hype if a trade were to go down this week? What is, what would you what would be the fantasy implications of Aaron Rodgers moving teams? Um, what what does that do to guys like Devontae Adams? What does it do to if he was going to Denver? What does it do to Judy? What does it do to Sutton? And then what does it do to Aaron Rodgers? So, like, if you're if you're someone who's leaning on he could be on the move, like, what kind of move would you be trying to make? And then if you were um, if you were a firm believer in him staying in Green Bay, how would you try to take advantage of that fantasy wise? Yeah, I think I, I I mean it's hard to be a firm believer and everybody thinks that it'd be shocking if he stayed in Green Bay. That's what that would be my lean. That's always my lean. Um, I'm always like on the more old school train about how this stuff just doesn't usually happen historically just 
MVP, Super Bowl winning, iconic quarterbacks usually don't leave their team unless it's like Brady and they're 40 years old. So I still lean that he's staying in Green Bay. Um, I think fantasy implications, if he did go to Denver, would be the biggest implications. I think everybody would skyrocket. Fant, Judy, Sutton, you know, whatever. Everybody there would skyrocket, I think. And Javante Williams could be a stud. Um, Melvin Gordon could go up. Like I mean, that's just the whole offense skyrockets, and they could be a Super Bowl contender. For Green Bay, I think I think Devontae Adams would kind of be wherever, whoever you are listening, wherever you have Michael Thomas, I would just slot Devontae Adams right next to him if Aaron Rodgers leaves Green Bay because I do think Devontae Adams is a stud. I don't think he's wide receiver one anymore if Aaron Rodgers leaves. I think Amari Rodgers is dead. Um, and then I think Aaron Jones still fits in as like a running back two as opposed to maybe a low-end running back one if Rodgers leaves just because the offense as a whole is not going to be as good. But I think Aaron Jones is a stud. Like I think Aaron Jones is bent better than Miles Sanders even potentially just, just talent-wise, and I really like Miles Sanders. Um, so I, I think Aaron Jones is really good. So I think he'd still be good even if Rodgers wasn't there. Now, again, I also one of my fears with all of this is I also don't think Jordan Love's good. So if I was if I'm wrong about that, then great. All these guys can be a little bit better. But I'd be scared if he was, you know, running my offense. If I had a bunch of fantasy pieces of For sure. Green Bay, but For sure. uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think Jordan Love's good. Like the Patrick Mahomes comps was like a little gross. I yeah, think. I think everyone thinks it's an obvious downgrade for everyone in Green Bay, and I think that's why we got in our trade of the week last week where we got Jones and we got Julio Jones. I think I think those things had to play a factor in it that he was like, oh, maybe. Maybe Aaron Jones won't be as good, and then maybe Julio Jones won't be on the Falcons, which which could be better potentially. But um, well, that's the that to me is the more interesting piece to this is I think Julio Jones is more likely to move than Aaron Rodgers. Now, I also read something that said Aaron Rodgers might reti- like is likely to retire. Like it's more likely that he retires than goes to another team, which that would really suck for everybody involved, especially because we have Aaron <laughs> Rodgers in so many different places. But uh, Julio going, I think Julio would be scary if he goes somewhere else. You think it's a good thing? I mean, he's always good with Matt Ryan. I don't want him going anywhere. But if he does, it's like most of the places are like Vegas or New England or like places I don't really want him to go. So or San Francisco. Like I, I don't know. I don't. I hope Julio stays put in Atlanta. But I think that's the more likely move that happens. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it could be a dark horse team coming out of the woodworks to get Julio for one run. But, I mean, I think the whole reason that they're looking to move him is because of salary cap and, you know, just the the direction that their franchise is going in in the immediate future. So, um, like you're saying, it's got to be one of those teams like the Raiders or someone who has got a bunch of cap room that could fit him in, which, which wouldn't be too great. All right, so winners and losers, um, vets from the NFL draft. We're going to go back and forth as we always do. I'll let you have first pick. No repeats, so you better have some backups in case I take some, and you better hit your best ones first. Um, Who is your first winner from the draft? We'll just do all the winners first. First winner I have is, to no one's surprise, A.J. Brown on the Titans. Um, They didn't address wide receiver at all. They were rumored to be looking wide receiver in the second round. Maybe a guy like Terrace Marshall come in there to replace uh, Corey Davis. Um, But, I mean, they lost Corey Davis. They lost Johnny Smith and basically replaced them with no one. They added Des Fitzpatrick in the the fourth round, Um, another no-name guy in the seventh, I think. So Josh Reynolds is looking like wide receiver two, and Anthony Fersker is looking like tight end one on their team. So... I mean, I guess it boosts them, too. I mean, they might be playable some weeks, but A.J. Brown's, like, incoming, like, 180 targets. 
Yeah, we'll see. This is I'm not always on this train. Like the everybody else is gone, so this guy's going to be a stud. Sometimes it scares me more. And there's always multiple ways to look at this because it's like, yeah, he's going to get all the targets. He's also going to get all the defensive attention. So you know, I don't know. I actually think Josh Reynolds is more of a boost than AJ Brown. I think AJ Brown was already a stud. Everybody already had him as a top ten wide receiver. I don't think he's going to be a top three wide receiver. So that would be kind of the boost you're talking about. It sounds like I don't even have him on my list, so that was easy. Um, you passed up some of the easiest ones, in my opinion. But so I'm just gonna take the free shot and the free square at Mike Davis. No competition brought in. Starting running back had some good weeks last week. Offense should be studly. They should be high scoring. Should be a pretty decent offensive line. I think Mike Davis is a you know low end wide receiver two for this year. But I think he's gonna be a plug and play guy. People that go zero running backs are gonna love Mike Davis. Um, I don't even think there's really a lot of long-term, like even later in the season, somebody that's going to come take his job. So, I mean, for for me, he was by far the guy all we thought we all thought was going to die in the draft, and instead he comes out looking great. Yeah, he made my list in the notes I had here. Um, people want to extrapolate like what he was last year, and you know he could have been like a league winner, but he was he was serviceable for the most part uh, last year with Christian McCaffrey out. You didn't have to worry about it. And it was better than like most of the guys you were sliding. And it's so much better than like Alexander Madison or like any of those guys you yeah. thought were going to be stud backups. He was actually the stud backup. So everyone's taking what he was last year and then they're extrapolating what he should be this year. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, he's definitely getting, you know, so they're definitely bringing someone in free agency. He's definitely bringing in someone via the draft. And so his values was like, oh, yep, okay, so he was good last year, and he's going to dip back down because he's going to get replaced. And now after not getting replaced, he's just skyrocketing right back up to where he was last year, if not even in a better um, situation. So um, just take wherever you had Mike Davis last year and maybe bump him up a spot or two, and I think think he's good for a repeat season of whatever he had last year. All right, who's your second winner? My second winner is going to be Austin Eckler. Um, so my first two picks are two guys that traded away in our league, so that's kind of brutal. But um, it's a common he was, theme. Of he your, was banged. He life. was banged up. Uh, banged up last year. He came back towards the end of the the end of the season, but he was putting up solid like RB one numbers when he was playing. Um, and then he's getting a whole healthy season with Herbert. He's getting an upgraded line. They brought in Lins, uh, the center Lindsley, and they and they uh, brought in Darisaw. No, your Vikings got Darisaw. Vikings got they brought in Rayshon Slater. Rayshon Slater, yeah, sorry. Rayshon yeah. Slater fell perfectly like right to them. Um, so get beefing up the offensive line, getting a whole season of Herbert. Um, so defenses are going to be, you know, hopefully playing on their heels. Not that they stacked the box against Eckler, to, so to say, but um, they're going to be a more balanced offense, and that offensive line got a huge upgrade. This is another one that I don't – I mean, I don't think he really bumped up. I don't think a lot of people expected them to take a stud running back. Um, I don't think like – I actually don't think he's good as a feature back. I think he does better with somebody else there to take some of the load. I think that's where he kind of shines, and that's where he was the best. I think he's going to break again. I think he's just the type of running back that breaks, which is a perfect segue into my number two winner, which <laughs> is another obvious one that I can't believe you do, is is a is an Austin Eckler light Chase Edmonds. And I think it's perfect that all they brought in was Connor, who's kind of a you know first and second down thumper, but never really that awesome. I think Connor's going to get 10 to 12 carries, and I think Edmonds is going to get the creative touches, the big plays. He'll score some touchdowns. He'll be what Austin Eckler used to be, I think. 
And I think he could push to even be better than Austin Eckler this year. I think this offense could be really good in Arizona. Now, if you want to say that Rondale Moore is going to take his touches, fine. I don't think he is. I think Chase Edmonds is fit perfectly into this offense. He knows this offense. I think this is going to be a big year for him. He's not exactly a guy I think is like projecting as a long-term stud, but I think he's a high-end running back too this year, like right around the late teens, early 20 maybe. Yeah, I was going to ask you about uh, more because that seems to be the narrative since they drafted him. But um, yeah, I just don't see it. I think he's a slot receiver. They'll, they'll manufacture touches for him too. But I think Edmonds is going to be Eckler like, and I think it's perfect. I think he's going to get more than fifty percent of that backfield, and he's going to get all the fun touches. Yeah, that's what I thought last year too. And then you know Kenyon Drake's trotting out there every every time Edmonds touches the ball, he's going like six yards, and then every and then they, they're trotting in. Kenyon Drake, whenever they get the shot, they hand the ball off to. So it'd be it'd be interesting. You if mean Chase gets... Edmonds running back one for your team? He was running back two for my team, man. He was <laughs> he was frustrating. CMC to watch. goes down, and you have Chase Edmonds. It's different this year. We'll get to that later, though. Um, all, right, all right, who you so got? Three. My three. Um, I couldn't really nail it down to one player, so I just said all the Bears because um, because I think so highly of Justin Fields. So does that mean I have to scratch Allen Robinson off my list? I mean, you can talk about him here, but yeah, I'd scratch him no, off your list. Yeah, I know. Yeah, um, I know. I'm going to scratch him. That's a good one, I think. I think that's so I a think, good one. I think Fields coming in obviously elevates the entire team. To your point with Allen Robinson, I think Fields as a rookie is the best quarterback he's played within his career. That's the that's been the running joke, but it's in all honesty, it's probably uh, correct. Who else do you think is boosted though? Honestly, you think more than just Allen Robinson? Like you think Montgomery got better because of this? Because I don't. And and Mooney, are you really going to draft Darnell Mooney? I, I think mean, Mooney got. Got better just because Justin Fields is like awesome. With so like you're the gonna deep draft ball. Mooney? I'll in redraft. I'd drop him late. I'd love to have Justin him on my Fields dynasty. Justin Fields is awesome with the deep ball. Oh please, yeah. When his wide receivers at Ohio State are like five stars going against two star Northwest. Oh wait, never mind. He didn't even throw it that good that game. Whatever. Anyway, because they, they weren't in the game. The they weren't ball. in that game. All right, whatever. whatever. We'll let this play out. But yes, I do think it's an upgrade for Monty having a having a more mo- mobile quarterback, and then. Um, just the threat of him. I don't know. I think he could steal. I think he could steal some of the runs. I think he could steal some rushing yardage, and I think he could steal some rushing touchdowns from Montgomery. I don't think this is. I don't think this is a good take. I don't think the whole Bears offense is a boost. I do think Allen Robinson's a boost. So how do you explain it for Robinson, but no one else? Because I think Robinson is awesome, and I think right. that Fields with Robinson could create the awesome connection. I don't think Montgomery goes up. I think there can actually be some negatives to Montgomery, and I'm not touching Mooney. So, like, is he really going up? And I actually think Cole Komet would be a better connection with Andy Dalton because Andy Dalton sucks, and he likes to take all the checkdowns and easy throws. And I think that could actually be better for Cole Komet than what Justin Fields is going to do. And I, I do think Justin Fields could struggle. Like, I don't think it's a locked-in, like, he's ready to produce right now. Like, I, I don't think that's a big – and I don't even know if Darnell Mooney's actually a long-term piece either. So that's another no, thing where it's I'm like, just... I don't think he's going to be good – I don't think he's going to be good right now because I don't think Justin Fields is going to be good day one. I think he's really good and talented. He's going to have some good games. But just generally – we'll talk more about that when we get to my losers. But – I don't know. That's just my take. That's how I see it. Yeah, you I, can started, ride the entire I started with A-Rob, and then want. I was like, well, having a running cornerback usually opens up some stuff for the running back, so let me add Monty in there. And then I was like, well, and Mooney's just like a burner. There's so many passes like on a reel, on a loop, that you can see uh, Trubisky just airmailing you know, a wide-open Mooney or a wide-open A-Rob like deep. And so I think a few of those will actually um, connect, so to say. So 
I, I think it's yeah. overall. I think it's. I think and everyone's giving Chicago an A plus draft for getting Fields, and I think. Um, I mean, draft oh, grades. Whatever. Draft grades are whatever. What does that do with anything? Draft grades are whatever. With this, yeah, I'm just saying. Like, obviously, Justin Fields going to Chicago is a tide that's lifting all the boats. Whether you're, whether it's like right. tight end, it's not making Komet tight end one. It's not making Monty RB one, but it's it's lifting them a little bit. All right, my next one is also a combo, not just one player. Um, Lavisca Chenault and DJ Chark. Really? Obviously, they get. Obviously, they get Trevor, which is an upgrade and going to be awesome, long-term and short-term. But I also think they didn't add much that scares me as far as touches to them. Um, Urban supposedly wanted Tony, got Etienne. You know, he's going to catch some passes, whatever. But I think they are a great one-two punch in Jacksonville. I think Trevor Lawrence is awesome. I hope Chark stays there. There were some talks of them trading him. I am pushing them way up. Like, I'm targeting them. I am potentially going to target them over the pair of wide receivers I'm going to have on the losers list. That's going to be really surprising, um, but I'll wait till we get there when we talk about them. But yeah, I love Shark and Chenault um, post draft. So you don't think that? I mean, some people are putting some weight in the fact that Urban came out and said he really wanted Kadarius Tony, meaning like, um, you know, he's not. He I think Urban care. is the biggest. I, I think Urban is the biggest smoke blower of all time and attention <laughs> whore of all time, which is why he signed Tim Tebow as a tight end on their oh, that's team. True. Like, give that, me a that's break. That's some news He's he not going to play. It's just such a joke. Yeah, I'm glad we forgot it because it's <laughs> totally irrelevant, and it's just Urban being Urban. He said he almost had a heart attack when they when they drafted Kadarius Tony in front of him, and I, my first thought was, oh, maybe he'll retire again for some heart issues. Yeah, I I think he's a what scumbag. A forget, yeah, forget him. But yeah, um, I like Shark and Chanel. All right. Um, so All right. who's number four for you? My next one. It's gonna take some stretching to get there, but I'm gonna say the Detroit Lions offense overall. Um, what? I think. Hear me out. It's Adding not because no weapons, like it's, literally it's, it's, no weapons. It's not because they. I mean, I think DeAndre Swift bumps up a little bit. They did. Add, they did bring in. Um, no, that's a bad take. Penny Sewell has never played right tackle in his life, I heard. And now he's going to have to go play right where tackle. I'm going, where I'm going with the lines is that I think the depth with the depth chart, the opportunity is going to be super easy to predict. So, like, you know you know it's going to be Perriman. I mean, you know it's going to be... <laughs> <laughs> well, this on. sounds well, aren't bad. Aren't you calling them winners? <laughs> Wait, aren't you calling them winners? I must have missed that All part. Right, this sounds bad. I'm, I regret writing this down, but I'm in I'm in already. Um, yeah, you push. Go ahead. I'll let you make your case. Everybody else already knows you know, mine, so I don't You know Goff's going to be playing the whole season. And, uh, like Pending injury, you know Goff's going to be the quarterback. There's no controversy. You know Swift's going to be locked in RB1. There's no controversy. Um Perriman's gonna be wide receiver one, maybe, and then you got people, you got rookies drafted, Amon Ross, St. Brown. You know, I think, dude, this is such a weird take. Like their offense got better because we know these terrible guys in their offense are gonna get all the volume, and and we've seen in years past how that works out. Like who on the Jets did you want to play last year? Somebody was getting all the volume. Somebody was getting I all think the targets. Goff's you still didn't ever want to play them. I think the, I think Detroit as it is is Goff's better than, the better than Darnold. That's a bad take. I think Detroit's. As they stand right now, stripped down to the studs, no. I think they're better than the Jets have probably ever been in the I last think it's five pretty years. Pretty close. Pretty close. All right, my next one, which I don't think anybody can argue with, and I actually think I, I'm, I'm getting close to moving him really high in my redraft quarterback rankings. He may be quarterback two when it's all said and done. Who do you think I'm talking about? 
Kyler? Lamar Jackson. I think he could be quarterback, too. I think he obviously is always going to run. I think their team got better. Um, I love Rashad Bateman. Love, love, love Rashad Bateman. Um, and I think adding him to the mix with Hollywood, with Mark Andrews, I think they're going to be a high-flying offense. I think they're going to get back to what they were two years ago when they were awesome, and I think that they're just going to run buck wild, and I think Lamar Jackson's a huge winner. Um, I love what they did. I think they're showing they're putting emphasis back on the offense. Uh, I don't think Orlando Brown's that good, so I don't think losing him was that big of a deal. Um, I think they'll easily replace him with the guys they got. So that's my take on quarterback, my winner quarterback. So you don't think you think he can actually throw the ball? Yeah, I think he can't, dude. If you look yeah, at Louisville, no, he got better and better at throwing every year. I'm just yeah, and he won the Heisman advocate. and he threw the ball well. He threw the ball well his Heisman year. I mean, he's got like a weird delivery and stuff. When you're that freakish, like, and you you're built and move like him, like you just have to throw it pretty good to be amazing. You don't need to throw like Aaron Rodgers. I feel the same way about about Lamar. I think I think you're gonna see a big like passing season from him. Um, yeah, I agree. If I were to, if I were to guess, so I mean, it's one of those situations where you know you have all of draft Twitter, you have all of um, you know whoever's got a platform talking about how he can't throw and how um, their wide receivers suck and and everything. So um, just like I was talking about last week, just buy the dip. Like if you're in on Lamar Jackson, like buy the dip because this could be um, if he puts the, a good passing year together, this could be probably his best year yet. All right, who's your last winner? All right, my last one here. Um, it's another combo. I'm going to go with the Browns backfield. So Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Um, I think the the Browns basically addressed their defense, and their defense is going to be disgusting. And I think that the Browns are one of those teams that want to pound the rock and control the game. So... Um, if the games aren't close, if their defense is, you know, locking down the other offense, I think you can see Chubb and Hunt. Um, I mean, they're not going to skyrocket, but they're going to be able to run the game plan that they want to. That's going to steadily, like consistently um, get them combined, you know, 35, 40 touches a game between the two of them, I think. I, I just I don't I didn't we didn't take this assignment the same. Those are just guys we like, which I agree with. I don't think the draft did anything good for them personally. But my last pick is Corey Davis. I like Zach Wilson. It's well known. Everybody knows that on this podcast. I think he's good. I think he's going to lift those boats in in uh, New York. I like Vera Tucker. I like that they beefed up the line, and they I think they have a pretty good line now. Went from being terrible to actually they've got a lot of talent across the line. And then I think Elijah Moore was the perfect complement to Corey Davis, kind of be a wide receiver two type. He's not an alpha. Like if they would have got Bateman or something like that, or even Terrace Marshall, I'd be more nervous because he could kind of take what Davis could do in this offense. But I think Davis is going to be the, you know, Julio Jones, like one prime. I don't think he's as good as Julio Jones. That's not what I mean. I mean, like, I think he's going to be the prime wide receiver one, get those kind of targets, run those kind of routes, get the end zone targets. I think it's all kind of, this is his chance to shine. If he can't do it now, he's going to be dead to me. Yeah, I like hearing that as a Corey Davis owner. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I have him. I think I have him like one league. I like him for all the same reasons. Like I like that. I think he's going to be the main guy, but I'm hesitant just because of Zach Wilson. So um, jury's out on Zach Wilson for me, but I like the situation that Corey Davis finds himself in. If if Wilson's good, he's Corey Davis is going to be awesome. All right, let's jump over to our five losers. Start us off. 
Who's your first loser? Uh, I have my first loser as James Robinson. Absolutely got eviscerated. Uh, Number one on my list too. This is yeah. the most. This is the most fantasy relevant too because he was yeah. a guy. Some people were trying to say top twelve dynasty running back. He's young. He's a rookie. He was a people stud. People were given multiple yeah. firsts for him like a few weeks before the draft, as if like nothing was going to happen. Um, I mean, it's hard for people to know, but I wouldn't have been doing that knowing that the possibility looms. I would have at least waited two weeks to try to trade for him, see what happens. But he's he's dead. He's he's undrafted. New coaching regime coming in. They they pluck their, they handpick their guy that goes hand in hand with their franchise quarterback. So um, at best, he's a committee back, and they have no money tied to him. Um, I think I saw somewhere that he, as an undrafted free agent, he signed like a three or four year contract or something like that. It wasn't it wasn't a normal four years. So like, I think he actually might be a free agent sooner rather than later. It, but I mean, two years from now, we're gonna have two more draft classes of running backs coming in, and and he's just gonna be lost. So yeah, I think he's dead. I don't think we need to belabor it very much. It's sad for him, but I think it's over. Uh, my number one is T Higgins. Um, again, this is because because of the draft. I like T. Higgins. I have always liked T. Higgins, even at Clemson. I think he could be a number one wide receiver. I think he's got the traits. I think he's got the size. I think he showed he can do it last year. But I think they've just eliminated any chance he has at being the alpha receiver on his team because everybody knows I love Jamar Chase. I think Burrow loves Jamar Chase. I think he's going to feed Jamar Chase, make sure Jamar Chase is successful. T. Higgins is going to be a number two wide receiver. His best chance is going to be you know, being the Adam Thielen to Justin Jefferson last year to being that 1B or, you know, 2A, whatever you want to call him, which is just a lot less exciting than where I was kind of projecting Higgins going into the future. So that's just kind of sad to me that he kind of lost some of his upside, in my opinion, which was a big hit from the draft. Yeah, I think something could be said to him being like a an Adam Thielen, but... Um... Still, that's that's, that's his not peak, what, obviously. Yeah. Well, that's but, his peak. It's not like he's going to yeah, get there guaranteed. But that's not what people had in mind, you know, when they drafted him. Right. And he started playing last year. They were like, "Oh man, this guy's actually good." And he could and everybody be knew AJ Green was on his way out. And yeah. They, they were projecting forward when he was the number one there, and Boyd is a perfect slot number two. I mean, Boyd's still going to eat. He's not going to go away. So I mean, that's that's tough. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think T Higgins is quite the loser of James Robinson, but. His, no, no, I his, agree with his that. ceiling took a hit. Um, right. And he is a favorite a- asset of a lot of people in Dynasty. So, all right, who you got, number two? Texans. I I have the entire Texans organization. Um, kind of the opposite of, of Detroit. Um, it's kind of weird what they did with their draft, trading up when they didn't have anything. And so their first pick is as a quarterback. So we're just like, uh, what are they doing? And then... They bring in Nico Collins, who I like, and and that's a good, you know, a sparse uh, wide receiver room to to join. So I like Nico Collins, but and then Brevin Jordan. So it's like, what exactly are they doing with their draft? I think the Texans overall is just going to be a dynasty wasteland for for a few more years. Yeah, I don't I don't think the draft did that. I think they were dead no matter what they did. They didn't have any good picks. Um, they were never going to add a stud that was really going to make their team a lot better. I actually like Davis Mills. I, I don't think he's a terrible long-term projection. Like if Watson does go away, I think they could potentially have something there. But yeah, whatever. Yeah. They're dead. No matter whether with or without this draft being good, they were going to be dead this year. All right, my next one, which actually I'd like, is becoming more and more my favorite one. 
because they're guys that I was actually targeting late or like when we said zero running back with Mike Davis, I put these two guys right with them. But now they're, you know, pretty dead to me. Um, Jeff Wilson and Mostert. I had like, them. Next. I like them. Yeah. I, you did? Uh, good. Yeah. I, I see. Because, I mean, everybody always wants a piece of this offense. You want the running back in this offense. But I think the 49ers showed they actually like Trey Sermon. They've got more invested in him than either one of those other two running backs. Um, he's cheaper long-term, so they're going to probably want to project or, or use him more. He's got huge upside. You know, I mean, playing big in big games. He's got injury risk like all of these guys do. Um, I, I just I don't think I'm going to want any of the three of these in redraft. If I'm going to pick one, it's going to be Sermon. And in Dynasty, it's absolutely Sermon. I don't want anything to do with Mostert or Wilson. Yeah, I had the same thing. Just too crowded. And then they he's the he's the new girl on the block. They just traded up to get him. And then Wilson and Mostert are both free agents after this year. So I can totally see them both walking out. And then it's like Sermon. And then, um, you know, just the guys they've added recently as of like uh, – Jermichael Hasty and um, Elijah Mitchell, they added late in the draft. So they could be going forward. Or they'll with like just, a, yeah, take another one next year in the yeah. fifth round. Yeah. All right, so, who's next? Um, next on my list, I have Hollywood Brown. Um, I know we talked about Lamar Jackson as a winner, um, but I think Hollywood, Hollywood Brown is on, on his way out. Um, I didn't really like him coming into it, and then – looking into it a little bit. He's only had 200-yard games his whole career. And one of those was his best game of his career was his week one as a rookie. And then uh, Bateman coming in. I think Bateman's going to get most of the – should get most of the volume. So that was the only thing Hollywood had going for him is that you couldn't talk yourself into anyone else in the wide receiver room. Now with Bateman coming in and he's more of like an X receiver, I think he's going to get more of like the steady – uh, peppering of targets, more to say, and then Hollywood. He'll, he's always going to be good for a big play every now and then, um, but as he's shown as the only guy there, uh, the previous two seasons, I don't, I don't think he's an asset to be trusted. The, I guess the argument can be made that he'll be seeing number two coverage now, and now he'll be the the second. Um, but I, I don't think that makes much of a difference. Here's the thing. We've seen a couple seasons of Hollywood supposedly trying to be the number one alpha wide receiver. He can't do it. I don't think this draft hurt that. I think they're just making a more complete wide receiver core. He's never even had anybody decent there. Like Miles Boykin is so terrible that I don't think this is actually a bad thing for him. Kind of like what we talked about with A.J. Brown already and what we talked about with Lamar Jackson. I think it's going to be a high-powered offense. I think they're going to have to split the coverages. I think it's going to be hard to cover anybody, and that's perfect for a guy like Hollywood who can break the coverage at any time, have a couple big plays. I don't think I think he's going to have his best year ever. So I don't think this draft hurt him. I think this will be his best year. Now, it's not saying much because he hasn't strung together a really full complete year yet but yeah i I disagree just because i think he actually can put together his best year of his career which means in fact he did not get worse because of the draft in my opinion um next for me is going to be melvin gordon um i think javante is going to come in and split i think javante could eventually take the job I don't think Melvin Gordon had some awesome long-term upside, but I did like him this year. We were talking pre-draft, like early on in the offseason, how we liked him more than other people. We were targeting him, go trade for him, get Melvin Gordon. He's going to have 20-touch season. He's still good. He's not that old. I just, I'm like, ugh, on him now. Like, he's just whatever. If I end up with him, fine. I'd rather take a lot of the other guys that have a lot more upside than he does. But So he's on my loss list just because I was kind of excited about him for this year, and now I'm not. Yeah, the allure with him was just that he was the only guy at 
right in the in the backfield and so adding after phil Lindsay was eating from his plate now it's back yeah and now now they added one of the top three running backs so it's right back to Mm -hmm. two three years ago all right who's number four for you uh, my number four, um, I have the Denver pass catchers. Um, it's not about actually what actually happened, but it's what could have been. With <laughs> as usual for your yeah. for your stuff, they just I'm the draft get, actually didn't affect it at I'm all. I'm trying to get creative, man. They could have had Justin Fields. I'm sure Denver fans like are kicking themselves for that, or they're they're bitter about that. But Justin Fields was sitting right there for them to take, and they said, "Nah, we're gonna ride or die with our boy Drew Locke and Teddy B." Um, if just like just ju- if anyone any serviceable quarterback that goes to Denver would like skyrocket that quarterback like and the yeah. weapons. So if like just imagine just having rook like he Justin Fields is going like one hundred two in rookie drafts now usually, but like he would have been like the locked like one hundred two had he gone to Denver. I guess so. Whatever. That's we we've been over that with Rodgers <laughs> already. We've been over how you think Justin Fields rises everybody's tides. Whatever. We'll just bypass that one. Now, I'm gonna. we don't tell each other who's on these lists before we do them, so I'm going to just give you a hint to make sure you don't take my last one so we can have a nice, perfect podcast production transition into your trade of the week. That should give you a hint as to who the group is that's going to be my last one, which I think is going to be surprising to you. So we'll save that discussion for my fifth loser. And for my fourth loser, I'm going to do the very obvious one, the RIP Let's take a moment of silence for Jimmy G and Cam Newton, who are absolutely dead. People still thought they had upside last year. We still own Jimmy G in a league. I own Cam Newton in one league. Not a fun time. They are absolutely dead. Sooner or later, they will be gone. And I don't think Cam's ever getting a starting job again. I think Jimmy G potentially, I've I've heard that the Texans are interested. If he goes there, fine. He might be a starter. But these guys could be completely dead for fantasy forever now. Texans are interested in anyone able to play football. They're their wide receiver room. They have like they signed like fifteen guys this offseason. They added like five running backs. Anybody anyone with can, a Patriots connection. Yeah. Anyone that can play football, come come play offense for us. Whatever that looks like. Yeah. Both All right. Those, Who's your both last those loser? Quarterbacks are dead. My last loser. Um, I didn't have an extra loser, but I did have a note here, uh, a note of caution. So not technically a loser, but a note of caution. Um, and it was Chenault and the Jags. Um, from the previous from the previous regime just off that nugget of urban meyer but i mean you reminded me that urban meyer is pretty much a douchebag so um, i think he i think chenault's a better tony i think chenault is a better bigger version of Kadarius tony obviously chenault's not or chenault's not um he wasn't undrafted but i drew the comparison of like the philip Lindsay, uh melvin gordon situation because i mean it just happened with james robinson Lindsay was undrafted james robinson's undrafted Lindsay's balling out. James Robinson's balling out. The new coaches come in. That's and totally different, though. Lindsay is nonstop hurt, and he still had he opportunities wasn't. last year and got hurt. He again. wasn't that year. Yes, he, blew he was. Up. That he blew broke up. his wrist or whatever. Yeah, he did. He got hurt at the end of the year. All right. He absolutely was on IR at the end of the year. He's he's little and always getting hurt. Chenault is the opposite. He's producing with an upward trajectory, and now you just gave him his best friend and a new great quarterback. Bad take. Bad I'm not take. saying this is down to the T, but the, the new regime in Denver, the first thing they did was sign Melvin Gordon to a big free agent contract. And then the Jags, the first thing they did was replace, uh, uh, what's his name, James Robinson, you know, first round of the draft. Um, I think there's a much better comparison with James Robinson and Lindsey. He actually replaced James but. Robinson. 
he and then the rumor whether you believe it or not was that he wanted tony so it's like i can see i can we've seen it before in the nfl some coaches that are dumb we we have a bigger track record with urban meyer so maybe he's just blowing smoke but um just the rumor the possible rumor out there i just put caution i didn't say he was a loser it's caution uh, on those players all right so my last one is going to be the wide receivers for the 49ers debo samuel and brandon Ayuk. most people love them i guess they like them a lot more than us i'm dropping them for a couple reasons number one i think that having everybody healthy Having all these running backs and a running quarterback coming in, it's going to be less volume for both of them, right? I still think George Kittle is the wide receiver one on that team, so I think they're fighting to be wide receiver two and three, and I also think they're going to run the ball a ton. Number two, Trey Lance is not going to be good this year. Like, I would be very surprised if he came in and was like a really good passing quarterback this year, so they're going to lose a year right there. And then number three... I thought I've read that they were interested in other wide receivers like Julio Jones coming there. Like they're not satisfied with them as a wide receiver core, and I think them two have a big overlap. So I think I I would not be interested at all in relying on them as like a wide receiver two on my team. And it's annoying because I actually really like both of them. Like each rookie year, I liked them more than you. I had them ranked higher than you, even though you ended up with them some places, but I really liked both of these wide receivers. I like their type. It's kind of a Chenault type as well, running back wide receiver kind of guy but but in a, in a wide receiver's body but they're thicker you know so I, I don't know i like these guys i like the run after the catch stuff that they do i really like them but i'm gonna sell them everywhere i can i'm gonna try to get value while people still like them i think this offense is not gonna be a high flying you know throwing offense i think it's gonna be a run first offense and i think lance is gonna take some time to really be a you know, before he be, i think he's got stud ability and huge upside but i don't think it's gonna happen anytime soon which leads us into our trade of the week. And you can explain why you made this trade, which is going to touch on Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. So I've been trying to sell Brandon Ayuk. Um, a lot of, I've, I've found out like a lot of people are, are really high on him and I am, I am obviously not one of those. Um, but I started seeing polls, you know, on Twitter and, and whatnot. And, and people like rather have him over like Amari Cooper and T Higgins. And I'm just like, what? Like if that's what he's going for, then I need to sell him. Um, so I've always been trying to sell him. My league's not the, the most active, but someone made an offer to me. Um, they wanted uh, two five and two eight and Ayuk for Dobbins. We went back and forth. I tried to get a little. I bit told more them value. to smash that. I would have taken that all yeah. day because I love Dobbins. And this league, you need a running back so yeah. bad. And you're good at wide receiver, so like it was a perfect trade for you. And as we talked about on the rookie episode, two six and two eight, pick eighteen and twenty in a. Yeah, it's nothing. Like it's they're flyers. They're flyers. I, so I, I would have liked to hold on to them if the guy like loved Ayuk, like like and, if he was on that big receivers. of the spectrum. Right, and they'll be wide receivers. So I was like, I need a running back. I'm not going to get a running back at two five or two eight. Um, I can get the sure thing in Dobbins right now, and then I also still. I, so I kept two six. So I had three seconds, um, and then I also got three two back just for like another flyer. Uh, wide receiver or maybe even a quarterback um that late just take davis mills that late or, or, or maybe like a guy like nico collins or something like that so um i'm pleased with the trade uh, for all the same points that you've made about well, wait, you, what did you end up getting wait, I, ended what up did getting, you end up getting? You i ended up getting jk dobbins in three three point two um for and i gave two point five two point eight and iuke right um 
I would have liked yeah, to have two five because two five was a tier for me. But I have Michael Carter behind two five, and he's been going above two five. So I feel like keeping two six, I'll, I'll get I'll be able to get the last guy in that tier. And then two eight was kind of negligible. That's like Amari Rogers. I mean, in my rankings, so um, yeah, yeah. That, I think that's a great I think trade. That I think it's for me. It builds your team. And next week, we've got some fireworks for some of the trades that I did. I had a league where I needed running backs bad, and I got two studs, including maybe 1.01 in fantasy drafts this year, at least on our rankings. So we'll save that for next week. Um, But make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you can get all of our future episodes automatically. Go to uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever it is that you listen. Please leave us a rating. It helps. Five stars. Tell us what you like. You can ask questions on there. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at JustAnotherFFP. You can stay in touch with us throughout the week. We'll comment on stuff. We'll tag each other and stuff. Let us know what you think. We'll post some polls, whatever it may be. We want to interact some more on Twitter. Let us know if you have any questions on there as well. And just always thank you so much for listening to just another fantasy football podcast in your mix of other fantasy football podcasts. And we'll be back with you next week. 